So we're we're a Christian um, group of guys, and we're all followers of Christ. And I do want to talk a little bit about this. And I look up, and he's trying to put the camera on, and I go, "72." My strategy was totally different. I he scouted these areas, and I knew the terrain features I wanted to hunt. I think that I would rather use a scrape line because I imagine that there's more bucks hitting a scrape line because the line's longer. <laughs> <laughs> and actually lay eyes on the property first and then start you know, doing my e-scouting whenever I actually knew what it was that I was looking at. I think our deer at home have bigger ranges than we want to admit. Just I, because of the more pressure. I 100% agree. Brad it up, Kevy. Send us home, baby. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Born Again Bowhunting Podcast. You're probably wanting to know, why the heck is Matt running the old mic? Well, Matty's running solo this week, and as you guys probably know or have heard via social media or our podcast that just dropped the other day, I will be bringing you a semi-live version, basically daily updates of how Kentucky's going. So if you are someone that has a... um. October 1 opener or just maybe a late September opener and you're itching but you don't have the opportunity to go out and hunt, this is the podcast series for you because I will share my struggles, my success, my tears, my blood. Whatever happens on this trip, I will let you guys know and I will inform you. Uh, This podcast series is going to be short and sweet to the point. Um, It is 1130 at night on September 2nd right now as I'm recording this. Um, just kind of got back to camp, had dinner, um, watched a little YouTube just to kind of relax the mind and decided, okay, now it's time to do some work. So pulled out the old mixer. We actually just bought a Zoom uh, Pod PodTrack P4, I believe it's called. It's a little like almost pocket mixer. Thing is sweet. Um, so we're going to be doing a lot of uh, different remote podcasts for you guys this year and uh Definitely wanted to bring you guys along for the journey on this Kentucky trip, especially such a, excuse me, it's a trip that means so much to me that I have been coming down here for, oh, we always, I always forget that it's like four, five, six years, who knows, who knows, but it's, it's been such a meaningful trip for me and, uh, but what's different about this year is I'm hunting almost, uh, exclusively public. Um, and I kind of wanted to challenge myself and, uh, actually I lost a little bit of, I, not a little bit, I lost a lot, a bit. I lost a lot of, um, private down here and, um, I knew that I was going to lose it. I was told last year that it'd probably be the last year I was going to be able to hunt it. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to venture off into some public and I, I kind of wanted to hunt the big timber. And I wanted to kind of figure that out and, and just, uh, you know, try something different. So in the spring, uh, late winter, early spring, I came down here and scouted quite a bit of some big timber public. Put out a couple cameras, um, learned a lot, scouted a lot, and realized that the hills down here, that they're they're legit. You If there's somebody down here that consistently kills... You guys, I mean, hats off, honestly. Like, this is challenging. It's fun. It's it's something different, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, we're going to dive right into to what happened. Actually, before I dive into today's hunt, um, 
which was actually pretty pretty good to be honest. Um, I want to tell a funny story. So pulled into camp last night. Um, oh, by the way, Kev, thanks for working on the truck. I uh, got some bugs fixed, and um, we are golden. She she ran like a top. Kevin, uh, I appreciate you because I know you took a lot of time out of your day to get that done, and um, means a lot. So camper, everything came down in one piece, got the camper hooked up. I'm staying in a campground this year. Um, I know normally for anybody that follows along in the past, uh, we have stayed at my buddy Travis's house, but Travis does not have um, cell service. And one thing that my wife was very keen on is that she wanted me to check in every once in a while if I was going by myself, which, you know, honestly, guys, that that's that's a reasonable request. Um, you know, especially when you're hunting big timber, uh, walking in a couple miles in and a couple miles out every day, you know, it's, it's probably a good thing to, to check in with loved ones, friends, buddies, etc. Um, I know that we all think that we're, you know, 18 years old, but, uh, the sad truth of the matter is we're not, and, um, anything can happen and it just be safe out there. So, uh, enough of me rambling, uh, what was I getting at? I don't even remember. Funny story, I think. Um, yeah, that's what it was. So pulled into camp, got everything situated. I'm laying in bed. Uh, it's late, probably midnight, 1 o'clock. I don't know. It's late. And I hear some rustling and I'm like, what the heck is that? I thought it was a coon outside. Um, out. One more thing before I get into the story. If you guys hear any background noise, I am in my camper, and there's an inverter underneath the sink that runs uh, every once in a while. So if you do hear that, I do apologize. But um, you know this, this isn't this isn't going to be a perfect uh, uh, environment for a podcast, but it'll be an entertaining series and it'll be a fun series. So um, apologize for the background noise if you guys hear that because I just heard it go off and figured I'd say that before I forget. But back to the old raccoon. So I thought it was a raccoon, but then I started listening closer, and I'm like, that's sorry, sucker. That's coming from inside the camper. I'm like, what? And it sounded big. I'm like, what is going on? And uh, what happened was is I, I stopped and got some Hotheads burritos on the way down. Um, shout, out, shout out Hotheads. I, I love Hotheads. And uh, I had my trash, and I kind of threw it. I threw it in a trash bag, and we always keep our trash underneath the sink. There's like a drawer that pulls out kind of for it, or a cabinet door, I should say. And um, I hear this rustling, and uh, I get up, I grab my light, I'm listening, I'm looking. I'm like, it's coming from underneath the sink. I'm like, there must be something in the trash. So I open the door real quick, and there's a mouse. Like, just going to town on my leftover chips that were in that bag. So, I shut the door real quick because I don't want him in the camper. And uh, I hear him kind of scurrying around in there. So, I gave it some time. And I, I figured, well, I'll try to catch him when he goes inside the bag. Um, gave it some time, kind of let him calm down. I heard him going back in there eating on the chips. But I did not realize. So, I grabbed a shoe because um, I was going to smack him. If I could see him, and then if I didn't see him, I was just going to grab the bag and pick it up, throw him outside. And uh, so I couldn't see him, but the way he was moving, it looked like he was like not necessarily in the bag. So I opened the door the second time, gave it a good whack, um, heard a squeak. Old boy took off running, though, in the camper. 
um, he went underneath the couch in the camper, and uh, I looked for the longest time. He must he must be a local, because he knew he knew the back door, and he got the heck out of Dodge, and uh, I couldn't find him. But um, there hasn't been any other sign of of a mouse in here. There's no there's no droppings. There's no nothing. There's no chewed up anything. So I I'm not sure where the old boy came from, but he's not welcome, and he knows it. So uh, mouse. Uh, you're you're not welcome back, and uh, I thought that was kind of funny last night. Thought it was a raccoon, and it ended up being a mouse underneath the sink. But all right, so let's get into the hunt. So today um, was opener, obviously September second. Um, woke up, got at a decent time. Um, Could have woke up a little bit earlier. Um, I was anticipating uh, the daylight. I was anticipating shooting visibility later than what the um, expected time was. What I found in um, the mountains down here, I'm going to call them mountains because I'm a flatlander, so I'm not from the mountains, but I'm going to call them, you know, the rolling hills, the the foothills, I should say. Um, I've noticed that, like, it gets lighter later. And I anticipated, well, if if legal is 630, then... You know, 6.45, is probably going to be about when I can start seeing pretty good in the woods. So I got to the woods, uh, drove to some public that was about half an hour away from camp, um, dropped a pin on the map of where I wanted to go from prior scouting in the uh, late winter, early spring. I decided that I wanted to try and push myself this year while coming down on this trip. Um, I'm normally always knocking on farm ground. Um, I'm always knocking on bean fields, trying to get permission on any kind of private that has ag. And this year I was just like, you know what? I'm going to, instead of spending a couple of days knocking on doors and getting maybe a couple yeses, I'm going to go down and scout some public. Scouted some public with a buddy. Um, actually found some really good sign, found some sheds, um, put some cameras out, was getting some pictures of some bucks, like, Okay, let's let's try it. Always wanted to hunt the big woods. Um, I hunt a little bit of the big woods in Ohio, um, and then I've hunted in the big woods in in Indiana, but never uh, never down here in Kentucky. So I wanted to try it. And um, like I said, got to the got to the woods at a decent time. Um, hiked up. It was probably about a mile back in, maybe a mile and a half back in is where I wanted to go. I got all the way to about two hundred. No. About 150 yards from where I wanted to be. And how I picked my location this morning was it's supposed to be about mid-90s this whole week. Um, and in the in the foothills or in, in the big woods or whatever you want to call it, um, north-facing ridges are always shaded during the day. And I had a south wind. So that that's like... A recipe for 100% you know where he's going to be bedded. If you have a south wind, he's going to want to bed on the north side of the ridge. Plus, not only does the wind help, but it's already the shaded side, so he's already wanting to go to that side. Um, so I, lo- I looked on the map real quick, and I found some pins that I dropped last year while scouting, actually really close to where I found a shed, um, and I... I wanted to go check out that area no, no matter what because uh, I found a really, really good bedding area. Uh, I didn't really find like a buck bed. I just found an area that was really thick. 
um, a lot of different vegetation, and it just looked really, it looked good for deer. That's that's all that's all I can say. And a little bit of some white oaks mixed in too, so they had acorns. Um, haven't been back there this year. Have a camera about 150 yards from it, down in a hub on a scrape, but the camera died like two months ago, so <laughs> that was like pointless intel. So I told myself, well, I'm going to take some batteries. I'm going to change that, them, them batteries on that camera, and I'm just going to throw a set at it. So like I said, I was about 150 yards away from where I wanted to be. It's still pretty dark. Um, and I, if you watch the video, it's probably going to look a lot lighter than it actually was because I adjusted the settings on my camera um, to brighten up the screen. And before I go any further, if anybody wants to watch this, um, it might be a week behind. The podcast is definitely going to be more of a semi-live version. But the um, the YouTube thing, I don't know. I might be able to get it out. It all depends on what, how much work and how much time I have. Um, but we're going to be producing a semi-live YouTube version of this as well. So I might I might refer to like the camera or whatnot. And if, if you want to check that out, definitely check that out on our YouTube channel. But so it's pretty dark, um, maybe just getting to the point where you could shut your flashlight off and, and kind of see, you know, like shapes of trees and you could start to see stuff. And um, I decided to hang back for a minute and um, excuse me, I'm going to grab a drink of water. All right. So I decided to hang back and... Um, I wanted to wait till it got a little bit lighter for me to decide what tree to get in. And this is this is something that I'm so frustrated at myself because I know better. I should have pinned a tree while I was scouting. But you know what? I was being lazy. I was like, oh, I'll come back in here, figure it out. Like When vegetation's on, it's all going to look different. Yada, yada, excuses, excuses. But I should have pinned a couple trees and I didn't. And I waited because I hate going into an area, especially where I want to hunt. Um, the, the last thing I want to do is is set up twice. And um, I know a lot of guys will go in blind and, and climb up a tree and have success. But I always pick the absolute worst tree. I climb up there and there's once it gets daylight, there's no shooting lanes. And I got I to gotta drop down and rehang on a tree that's 10 feet away, yada, yada. So I was just like, well, I'm going to wait till it's pink light and I'm going to go in there and pick the right tree. So I waited a little bit. It started to get pink light. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to head in. And I make it, oh, less than 50 yards. And I jump a good buck. Like, I mean, right where I wanted to be. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get any camera footage of him because I was walking and it's pretty dark. And I just had my POV. My camcorder was in my bag. But... I hear a real deep blow and um, real heavy feet. Like you, you guys know if you're listening to this, um, them stupid does they'll they'll f -f 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 at you thirty times and stomp their feet, and it's it just sounds like uh, it's more like high pitched. Like if, if if that makes sense, where a buck when he snorts, especially a, a mature deer, it's real deep. And it's normally like once or twice, and then he's out of there. I have seen them where they have they have blown at people more times than that, but um, I've actually happened. It's happened to me before. But typically, nine times out of ten, um, it's a quick one or two, you know, blows or snorts or whatever you want to call it, and they're out of there. 
and uh, so I just look up and I see kind of like a frame cage. It was still kind of it was still to the point where it was like it was too dark to really tell, but you could tell it was a big body deer and I could see a frame. Not sure how big he was. I just it was it was a shooter. So no matter what, I'm happy with picking that location on a map, going in basically blind just off of prior scouting um and and just would have potentially had an opportunity oh boy probably would have busted me while i was setting up to be honest um because i only waited like 20 minutes or so before i went in it wasn't really that long of a of a wait um decided that i was going to sit sit in that area no matter what even even after the fact of the that buck um bumping me or excuse me me bumping him and uh didn't see any deer, um, stayed until about 10.30, I think, climbed down, uh, went and hung that, or rechanged the batteries on that camera, that scrape down there is, is getting worked pretty good, um, freshened it up, peed in it a little bit, and uh, it was funny, I peed in it, and then like an hour later, maybe even closer, I never checked the timestamp. I got a picture of a small spike working it after I got done peeing in it, so... Um, that I wish it would have been a bigger deer, but you know, it is what it is. So, um, as I was walking out, um, there was a watering hole. Like I said earlier, it's 90, it's going to be 90 some degrees during the day. I knew of a watering hole kind of, uh, probably a mile away from where I was at. Eh, yeah, probably honestly, probably a mile. So I, I, uh, I kind of backtracked, dropped my pack off about halfway. So I didn't have to carry my pack all the way to that watering hole I just wanted to check it out. Um, went back there. It was dry. Um, there was there was a puddle in it and some frogs and stuff, but there was no deer tracks. So I don't know if that means that the the water's bad. I know sometimes like you'll you'll hear about some water sources kind of like I'm gonna say spoil, where they 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 deer and animals just kind of avoid them. So I don't know if it was bad or what, but there there wasn't any deer tracks, and with how hot it is, there has to be a water source somewhere where these deer are getting getting their water because it definitely wasn't that um this is probably about 11 30 12 o'clock maybe a little bit later and uh i'm like all right i'm gonna head back to the truck go back and get my pack um oh i forgot to tell i forgot to tell this part so by the watering hole i did jump a deer and um i was not able to identify the deer but i I mean, for anybody that's hunted a lot, you know the difference between a buck running through the woods and a doe running through the woods. I could hear all the twigs and branches and everything pinging off of his antlers. So it sounded like he was hard-horned because I could hear it like pinging off of his antlers as he was running. Um, tried to find his bed. I really couldn't find it. I think he was laying on an old um, logging road uh, just like on some gravel because there wasn't where I jumped him. I could not find an a bed i think it was just like a makeshift kind of might have been a immature deer just or just something that it was cool laying on that gravel is all i can think so um walking this is this is the cool part of of day one um i'm just looking at the time 18 minutes i think yep so i gotta keep this probably under 25 under a half hour so um i i go back after i jumped that buck um i try to figure him out i was like well uh, I think it was a sporadic bed, so I didn't really want to pay too much attention to it. I pinned it on Onyx, but I thought, well, you know, I'll just keep going and I'll keep it in the back of my mind, but something that I'm not going to like lose sleep over. 
um, as I'm walking out, there's this main access road that kind of leads into this public. Um, it goes back uh, probably half mile, um, and I, I anticipate everybody to use it. But the difference is once you get to kind of like the main ridge, there's multiple ways that you can dump off and kind of, you know, you don't have to stay on top of that ridge road like everybody else does. But um, kind of getting back in there, you do. And uh, it was funny. I, I threw my pack on. I start going down this ridge road. And I get darn near to the truck. I mean, I'm talking a couple hundred yards from the road. And something came loose on my pack. And it was just coincidence. Something came loose in my pack. And I decided, well, I'm tired of it tinging. It was a buckle. And every time I'd walk, it'd click. Like, because it was smacking my sticks. And I'm like, I'm tired of hearing that. So I stopped, threw my pack off, cinched everything real tight. And as I threw my pack off, I jumped a buck. Um, probably like a 130. I couldn't tell how many points he was. I couldn't glass him. But just frame-wise, he was probably about a 130. And uh, he was hard-horned. Um, and he was watching that access road. He actually was only probably 40, 50 yards off of the access road. And he let me walk by him. Um, and I thought that was extremely cool because we always we always talk about that. We always hear about that. Um, but to actually see it um, firsthand this early in the season, a lot of times it's when when pressure starts to 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 get up, you know, deer will start doing that to monitor human activity. But um, I, I, there's not a lot of human sign back in here where I'm going. And um, I, the parking lot, there wasn't any uh, tire tracks. I truly think that not a lot of people are going back there. Um, and But that old boy had a bed. And uh, he, I don't know if he was an older deer going downhill or maybe just a deer that doesn't have the greatest genetics. But he was big bodied and uh, he was watching that access road all day. That's what he was doing was watching that access road. So I pinned it and I might, I might throw a set at him tomorrow morning. I'm not sure. Um, cause it would be, a, it'd be a nice, easy walk only a couple hundred yards off the road and honestly just sit over that bed. I'd have to, I'd have to think about the thermals. I'm not sure if I'd be able to make it work, but before I go to bed tonight, I'll study the map a little bit and see what happens. But I thought that was extremely cool to see that. And, um, just, it just goes to show that even in an unpressured area, um, those access roads where deer know people come from, they learn and adapt to basically watch and know exactly where and when people are in there. And I thought that was extremely cool. And if I could smack at that old boy tomorrow, I'd be tickled pink. Um, so I, I, that, that ends the morning hunt, um, jumped a couple deer, did not see any deer from the tree stand, or I guess I should say from the saddle, but um, I was able to lo uh, locate three different bucks um, by walking around, which I think is a win in my mind, just because it's day one, opening morning, and at least there's some deer in the area that I can hunt. Um, I did get some pictures of two different daylight bucks, on another piece of public, uh, the problem is I was a little bit ambitious in the <laughs> in the winter and uh, early spring, and their demo boys are like three miles back in. So I'm I don't really want to I'm because I'm by myself 
And because this is a long trip, I have 10 days to hunt. I do not want to burn myself out the first couple of days by hiking in and not seeing deer and, 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 you know, et cetera. Because even though I got those deer on camera, I'm not a hundred percent confident that I would have seen them if I were in there just because of the way the wind was and the thermals, et cetera. So I'm going to have to pay attention to direction of access from them coming into the camera or going away from the camera and then trying to figure out uh, time of days. I think they were dropping, it was all mid morning stuff, like 10, 30, 11, I think they were dropping down into the bottoms to get water. I truly do. And I think that when they were dropping down, they were just checking those hubs. And, um, but the problem is 10, 30, 11 o'clock, your thermals are rising so hard, you know, you know, earlier than that. I mean, if he was bedded above me, he, it'd be hard. It'd be hard. So I need to study the map and see if there's any kind of weaknesses that I can figure out there. Um, but there's deer, there's bucks here. There's deer in the area. Um, I came back to camp, took a small nap, woke up, and then went to one of the private pieces that I have. So my goal was I was going to try to hunt the public in the morning and then hunt the private in the evening. But from what I saw tonight, it might I might be shifting towards public uh, 24-7. I'm not sure. I have, like I said, I have two private pieces. And the one is just, I don't think it's going to pan out this year. But, um... I wanted to talk about this as well. Uh, let me rewind. I'm kind of bouncing ahead of myself, but I'm going to try to wrap this up in a couple minutes. But um, I went, where was I? Uh, went to private. Sorry. Sorry, boys. It's, it's, it's almost midnight and I'm, I'm exhausted and I'm, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm not used to doing a solo podcast. This is actually a lot harder than I anticipated just because Normally, we're able to bounce ideas off of each other and talk to each other in the, in the studio, but doing a solo is uh, a little difficult. Um, so, heading to that private, um, I oh oh this is what I, this is what I want to talk about. Um, I I have a cell camera on that private piece. There's a hayfield uh, that I killed at the actual hayfield that I killed my buck in last year. Um, I put a cell camera back there, and normally that spot's good for a couple bucks, honestly, and a, and a handful of does to be using that little field. This year, I haven't really been getting much, and um, I told myself I wasn't going to hunt uh, strictly based off of what I was seeing on a camera. Um, that's not me, and if if you're somebody that does that, please, um, please, please don't, because I encourage you and I challenge you to just go to the woods and have fun because if you're just hunting a spot based off of what your camera is telling you, you are missing a lot. And, um, here's a prime example of why. So, like I said, that camera has been pretty dry. Um, pretty, basically nothing. Um, some does and fawns. I decided to throw a sit at it tonight. There was one other camera that was basically like underneath the tree. There, there was a scrape that I, or a mock scrape that I made close to the tree that I was hanging in, and I put a non-cell on it. Uh, didn't anticipate getting many deer on it. Just figured, hey, why, why not? I'll try it. Made a mock scrape uh, in mid-August and um, put a, a non-cell um, on that mock scrape. 
pulled the card, thought I'd be cool and check it in my camera. That didn't work. So I was like, all right, I'll just take the SD card back to the camper and check it on my laptop when I get there. Uh, didn't see any deer that night, only two fawns, and it was pretty cool. They were like feet from me at the base of the tree, um, but didn't see any deer. Um, war shooting, no bucks, no does, no nothing. So I actually decided to try to get out a little bit early. Um, so I packed up. I just had a gut feeling that like I needed to go check the rest of the area. So I'm going to grab a drink real quick. So I thought, I thought, well, I'll go check, um, cause this property they have permission on, there's, there's four different fields and you, you can drive, you know, a couple minutes to each of them. So I thought, well, I'll just go check the other fields and see if there's any deer in it. Moral of the story is never do that because by the time I decided to do it, I probably had a half an hour before it was dark. Thought I'd have enough time to climb down. Uh, it's not a very far walk. It's only maybe five, 600 yards from the road. So I figured I could you know, get back to the truck in a, you know, decent time, and, uh, no, that's not the case, not the case at all, uh, by the time I got to the truck, it was basically, <laughs> it was basically pitch black, and, um, I couldn't see anything in glass in the fields, but what is very important about this is when I got back to the truck, or excuse me, when I got back to the camper, I checked the card, and I have a dandy, a real nice, probably, like, I'm going to say low low 40s, high 30s, 8 point in full velvet that hit that mock scrape this morning during daylight. Um, it's a spot that I don't feel comfortable hunting in the morning just because of access. I would basically be, I'd have to walk through the fields to get to where I want to be. And uh, But I'm going to probably tomorrow pull that non-sell for a sell just so I can get some more intel and maybe some real-time data if if he does show up um I, I can go in there and may, maybe make a game plan but so as before I wrap this up um two two key points to the first day success if you're planning on an out-of-state hunt and you have the opportunity to scout while scouting please for the love of Mary, pin trees that you want to hunt out of. Even if it's not perfect when the foliage is on or whatever time of year it is, if you go in there in the dark, it'll at least get you pretty close to where you need to be. And nine times out of ten, you might be able to either drop a stick or go another stick high once it starts getting daylight and make it work. But if you sit back and, you know, I don't want to say be lazy because I wasn't being lazy. I was just trying to... I was trying to not set up twice and I just wanted to be efficient and stealthy and I just sat back and if I would have went in there chances are he probably would have busted me while I was setting up but you never know there is a chance that I would have killed and how sweet would that have been killing opening morning going in blind and big in the big woods um so that's mistake number one that you guys can learn from um and then also, I, I wouldn't call this a mistake, but it's also something that I want to point out. Uh, never hunt over a camera, meaning don't hunt just based off of what that camera is sending you. A lot of guys are going 100% cell cams, and I think that it's dangerous because I run a ton of cell cameras, as you guys know, but I also, it's a tool, right? Like, I don't rely on it 100%. It's a tool. And... um 
you know, use it for what it is, but don't rely 100% on it. Because 60 yards away from where I had a cell camera, I had another non-cell. And I was getting, I've been getting that, you know, high 30s, low 40s, 8 point on the non-cell uh, in the last couple weeks, three or four times. And I've never got him on the cell. Um, it's just, it's just sometimes that's how things work, you know. So I'm glad that I set out that other non-cell. It kind of verified my thought process of, you know, maybe... Maybe let's try this because basically the cell cameras on one side of the field, the non-cells on the other side, if that makes sense. And um, the one side, they're just not using. So if I would have just strictly went off of that data from that cell camera and was like, ah, I'm not going to go back there, you know, I'm not getting anything. You know, I would have, I would have potentially missed the opportunity because if, if this was, you know, day 10 of this hunt and I said, finally, I'm going to go back there and check that camera. And if I'd, you know, if he daylighted a couple times back there, I'd have kicked myself in the teeth. But um, now I just, now I know that at least there's a good one in the area, and I know that um, I need to, I need to really think about before I throw a sit at it. I need to, I need to really think about how to go in there and how to hunt it because um, he's a good one. So that's gonna wrap it up for today's episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this series. Uh, I'll try to do tomorrow's. Uh, a little bit earlier, so I'm not so tired. But um, as always, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. You can always be born again. And uh, born again is out. Peace.